I don't know either. As I guess I've hit as many platforms as I possibly could within the people that want to do it. But it's hard because a lot of people get tired of hearing the same old story. And it's also not fun to cover a fighter who doesn't have a fight either lined up. So that's probably what it is too. But still, it's, it's an amazing story. Like, to, like we'll go into it more, but like the, the fact that you've one eye and like that you're fighting professionally and like you're not just there taking part, you're winning. Like you, you don't have a losing record. You're not like zero and zero or you're not in the, like I just thought I, because I was brought to my attention by the, the other the other guys you talked to in Ireland. They shouted you out, and then I went, "Okay, who is this guy?" Um, and then I went and looked, and I was just—I was absolutely amazed. And then straight away, I said, "Man, I'm doing a little highlight video for that lad. He deserved that story. It's amazing, man." Yeah, I couldn't I find all the footage. No problem. Now, some it was of my it's, pleasure. Yeah. yeah, some of it's hidden. Like you had to buy the pay per view. <laughs> they have some film. I just didn't have a chance to ask for it. I just pulled what I had from my phone. So, but. I have most of them. I try not to watch them too much. Um, start obsessing over it. Do you not? Do you watch yourself much after the fight to kind of correct what you might you might feel you done wrong, or or do you know from the fight? You just know from the feel of the fight. I usually ask my coach what I did wrong and if I need to fix. And he's usually good about. He's actually really good about fixing it right on the spot and like, hey, this is what you did. This you should have did this and this, and so we go on from there. Really, that's all it is. Like I'll watch film maybe for a little bit and I'm like, okay, I have an idea what to work on, but he's really the one that like this is what you have to do. This is how you get better at doing this. So Yeah, because I was at my first event last night. You probably seen on my Instagram and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And I was uh, as I was taking the photos and stuff, I was in the corner. This is something I want to ask you because uh I won't I won't be speaking to anyone else uh, uh, until a later time. Um, when I was there, I was sitting beside the coaches, and you know they can see everything, and they were like, "Do this, do that," and I was just amazed. Obviously, by the, obviously they have the knowledge. I was looking at it going. Obviously, we were in a, a like behind closed doors, so it was there was no fans, no anything. So the fighters could hear clearly. When you're in a fight with a crowd, and that does that come true? Can you still hear that? Does, does the crowd like sound out if you get me, and you can just hear your coaches, or is it harder to hear them shouting the instructions? can hear my coaches because my coach has a very distinguished voice where everybody can hear it. So uh, it's more like a trained ear type thing. There's going to be crowds and, you know, it, it, there's always going to be a crowd there. Crowd that really doesn't affect the hearing so much is as much as if you can hear them if you're fighting. Um, yeah, it's usually my coach. He says it. He talks loudly. He knows how to project his voice. And, you know, from fighting many times at the UFC, you know, and Bellator fights like he has and cornered all those guys there, you know, Vince and Taylor and Jason, you know, he, he knows how to put his voice out there to where it can be heard over everybody. So it's a, it's a really great thing to have that out there. Yeah. No, your coach, cause I'd watch a lot of footage of you and your coach. And he's saying like, before you even get to a fight, you're in fights with commissions trying to get thing. Like, how do you get cleared? How do you get cleared? Uh, it's a bunch of papers, and for me, I actually had to like almost do like a tryout, probably about a few years ago, and they were like, because the commission said it was scientifically impossible, and the other doctors and stuff was like, yeah, same thing. It's like, yeah, it's scientifically impossible. You can't do it. And then I was like, okay. So we found a, a 
eye specialist that runs uh, fight uh, doctors. They run Revolutions Gym in South Carolina, and they were really good friends with my coach. So he was like, hey, could you help us out real quick? We have a fighter here that needs your help. And he was like, yeah, just bring him by. They brought me by, and then uh, I trained with uh, I trained with Jared Scoggins at one point, uh, met his brother, trained with a few other guys, uh, Kenny Porter. We all got to mix it up a little bit, and it was like, okay, this dude can scrap, and we're going to put our name on him, and that was the rest of it. And I've not had any problems since. So you beat science, basically. Pretty much, yeah. yeah. Fuck science. I hate yeah. science. Uh, no, congratulations. Like, it is an amazing story. I think Ike has some questions to ask as well. If, if Ike, you want to work away on whatever questions uh, you have there. Yeah. Um, listen, uh, first of all, um, credit to David, because he knows a lot more about you and a lot more about the fight game than me myself. Um, I have really only just recently become a fight fan so I'm, there's still a lot I have to learn about the sport um, but what I find extraordinary about your own um, uh, your own story is that that you have you have one eye I mean basically and um, what what's even more interesting about it is that the accident happened to you um, I was just um, listening to a video um, on YouTube I think it was reported by is it the NBA NBC News in the US, uh, they did like a short documentary on your situation that sometime in 2009, you were just 17 and you were involved in an accident. And that's as a result, result of the accident, you lost um, your left eye. Um, I mean, my first question to you really will be, how did you still you know, manage to get into fighting? Because for many people, for having such a disability, many would be told for something like fighting or any sort of physical activity, it would be virtually impossible for you to, you know, get involved in that. Well, I started off playing football and I had scholarships and places to go to play football. And after the wreck happened, I, you know, went off the deep end, didn't want to do nothing with myself. And my family at the time was like, you need to get out and do something. They just pushing me every single day. It's like, you can't sit here and feel sorry for yourself. I just looked up, watched TV and, you know, UFC was on and, I was like, I would like to try that. And I looked up places to do it. And I've been at the gym I'm at now ever since. And I had no, I had no intention on fighting. Like I was just like, I want to do this just to get myself feel better. Cause you know, I didn't think anybody would want I could fight, let alone just, you know, be, be normal. You know, it's, it's one of those things where people look at you weird and you have to like hide your face and stuff like that. So never thought about fighting and I guess fighting was something that I needed to do because it showed me that I can still go out here and I can still live my life and still do things that other people can do so that in the beginning I never intended on fighting I was like no nah, I just want to train I just want to learn how to do this stuff and then that'd be it I mean no that that that's fantastic I mean, you were never told anything like any of the fight promoters that you started with that, that you're fighting or, you know, that you got your foot in the door with at the time when you started started your career. None of them told you such as nobody would like to see you fight. You're not marketable enough. You don't look a certain way. Because I've I noticed and I've heard this in other, in other areas of the sources that if a fighter may fight well in the cage, but, you know, if they don't look attractive, if don't look a, if they don't look a certain way, if they don't have a certain demeanor, then fight fans will not be compelled to tune into or pay that 
pay-per-view, you know, to watch you fight, basically. And, you know, when I hear that, I do get quite disheartened, very, very disheartened, because I'll, I'll tell you that I myself, um, I've been really called a lot before in the past because of how my appearance. But, um, you, you know, I've heard, it's quite deciding when you hear that you are that someone can be really good at what they're doing, what they're supposed to do, fighting in this case for mixed martial arts, but just because they don't tickle the other boxes, which really shouldn't matter that much at all, it will prohibit them from um, succeeding in the sports of mixed martial arts. You know, yeah, yeah. The the marketing does, uh, especially with the whole. There's a lot of what ifs with me, especially having one eye. Like if he does fight. What happens if he gets popped with an eye and blah, blah, blah? And how many people are really going to watch this, you know, this sideshow? Because that's really ultimately what it is. It's a sideshow. It's like, I got one eye going to fight this other guy in a cage. It sounds like some kind of circus act. I mean, they always will say no one's marketable. And you're right. It, it shouldn't rely on your looks and it should rely on, you know, your pedigree. It should just require your skills and how good a fighter you are. But we live in this time now where validation is very important for everybody you have to look a certain way you got to talk a certain way you have to dress a certain way you have to have these things and you could be as phony as a fighter as possible as long as you put butts in the seats they don't really care it is what it is if it if it was easy everybody would do it you know coach always says that if it was easy everybody would do it so you know everybody has an excuse everybody has one everybody has their wines and stuff like that i mean the only thing they can do is tell me no over and over again but for example, Tennessee told me no years for years, for three years straight. Like, no, no, no. And then here I am, the number one band to wait in Tennessee. So it's one of those things. It's like, I don't care what you have to say. At this point, you have to be stubborn. You have to be hard-headed. You have to kick those doors down. And you can't take no for an answer. You cannot take no for an answer. It's just how it goes. I'm not Conor McGregor. I can't really, you know put myself out there one because i have a wife and kids and i ain't about to embarrass them like that so yeah, i have yeah, to do yeah. something else to put myself out there and fighting and stirring yeah. the pot with everybody is what i'm doing no you make a very good point there. very very good point uh david uh, yeah uh, yeah you, um i ask him. yeah i can go ahead no no um i actually thought for me as a promoter you're saying it's a sideshow. For me, it, like it, it, people treat it as shy. I wouldn't treat it as a sideshow because, like, for me to for someone to do that, that's incredible. Um, so I would have I would have thought you would have been on the side of being more marketable because because like I said, you don't have a losing record. You're out there, you're beating guys. Like there's guys with, like they're fully functional. Their eyes, everything's perfect, and they're on losing records. You're on a winning record. Um, so I would have thought that'd be more 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 promotable than anything else. No, you're right. You're right. It, is, it should be. And it is. And it's just more of a – it's not necessarily more of a thing for me. It's more so of my team that's around me. You know, we help each other get better. We push each other to get better. So I would not be winning fights and I wouldn't have a winning record if it wasn't for the teammates I have at KMA. So – that works in more in favor than anything. And it it should be marketable. It should be. But the problem is, is that people don't want to. Because if I go to someone's hometown and like, hey, he's fighting this one I got, you know, what happens if I beat the guy? You know what I'm saying? What happens when I beat your champion? What happens then? Because then 
you know, all that validation is like there. You have to, you have to, you have to push me there. And just some people are just not ready to evolve to that. Besides the looks, you have to, like I said earlier, you have to have a certain look. And I don't have that. Look. I literally have a one eye, and I'm winning fights. And you know, my style is not pretty by no means. It's chaotic as I'll get out, but. I don't know. I really don't know. I don't know why it's not marketable. I try pushing for it. I've been commenting on a lot of things and liking different promotions and stuff like that. So it's not like they don't know I exist. They just don't want to acknowledge that I exist. Do you think it could be a case like you just said there that if their champion loses to you, that then their champion might be embarrassed? I just I don't mean this in a bad way, but their their champion might be embarrassed to lose in somewhat with one eye. Is that what you think it could be? Oh, I, I know that's what it could be because yeah. you gotta think about it like you built up this guy from the ground up you fed him fighters you know you got somebody in here who would with a good record you're like all right we got this guy here he sells a lot of tickets for us and let's see if we can make this guy be like you know have some like wild pop to him and then there comes me pops up in there and then next thing you know i'm beating your guy and i'm winning fight and like dang we just built our dude up but now we have to promote this dude who was nowhere near our hometown and you know we brought him in to lose and you know it's a lot of stuff like that you know in my mind that's what i'm thinking yeah so actually that's what i want to ask you you're saying like in the region so in, in, in ireland here there's only really one promote well there's uh four promotions right but uh to, you know the difference there's the north and south of ireland so there's three in the north and there's one down south. Um, but that will go from place to place. So it doesn't stay in the one place in America, obviously, because it's, it's so vast. You have like just a promotion that's stuck in one area, kind of like the old wrestling promotions, something mm-hmm. like that. Is that what is that the way it is? That it's all, they, they don't move really from their towns or their cities. Or... Some do, some move. Uh, I know Valor, it stays in Knoxville, but it doesn't move. It was moved from Chattanooga to other places. Very rarely around here do they just stick in one spot. They usually move within, you know, driving distance. Cause that's a lot of money to put on a show. So they don't want to be in the hole because they traveled, you know, all the way across town or something like that. So, yeah, they usually are moving, but they don't stay far, though. They did not stay far. Okay. No, the, you can see that. And would the, at the minute, is there... Is there in Ireland? I, I've noticed there's a big explosion right now. The talent, the amateurs, and all is is very good. Like, and there's a there's a lot. Is would there be a lot of promotions in America? Like, would there be one nearly in every town you go to or every set? Like, is is it quite vast or is it still quite niche in America? It's pretty vast. Like, I think each state has at least a dozen of them, if that. I know there's in every part of each state they have a promotion somewhere and. Sometimes they do head-to-head shows. Sometimes they just stay themselves, but there's a lot. I know in Tennessee alone, there's probably about four or five that I think of. Georgia, I think there's like two or three. And South Carolina is like two or three. So, yeah, they're, they're a lot everywhere. It's just you have to know the right people, and you have to put them out there and stuff like that. It's not what you know, it's who you know. Yeah, exactly. That's um, the name of the game. Yeah, the name of that's, the game. That's, that is that is networking, getting getting out there, getting out. Do the ones in the same, like you were saying in Texas, what do they cross promote and have like maybe champion versus champion, or is that something they they wouldn't want to do either because then one guy's champion beat another guy's champion? Yeah, I don't, I've yet to see that. They did it years ago here. We had a T 
Tennessee versus Kentucky one, but I don't think it was a belt fight. But they did Border Wars, and that lasted all of two promote two shows. So it's and then COVID hit over here and it shut everything down. So no, they really don't try to travel. They try to keep everybody in state. And if they do fly someone, they're gonna fly someone from out of town to come in for their hometown dude. So that's about as close as you get to that. Okay. And uh, how are the restrictions now in America with COVID? Because in Ireland, where we seem to be coming out of it, but our, our cases are rising again. Is there much restrictions where you are at the minute? Uh, not really. Not in Tennessee. Um, there's some states that make you they make you wear masks and stuff like that. Tennessee is one of those states that's like, you don't have to wear a mask. You know, it's, it's one of those things where states just, they have their own say-so. It's like, if I'm going to do it, I'm going to do it. If I'm not, I'm not. So... For the most part, it's pretty open over here. It's like pretty much wide open over here. You can do pretty much whatever you want to do. There's no more six feet distances. There's hardly any mask mandates, and they, the, our numbers are climbing, are climbing up. But other than that, you know, but you can only believe only so much of that around here because, you know, politics. Yeah, it's it's the same here. Um, someone was in a hospital and someone died, and the. And the doctor said, "Will be was it COVID?" You know, so the numbers there. I think they're picking and choosing to scaremonger people. I want, and I'm not going to go too much into that because that's a whole another. another yeah, topic. that's a whole other thing. Yeah, that's a whole another thing, and I don't want to get that that being called out over, over yeah. an interview. Um, yeah. But no, I've watched I've watched your fight. They're really exciting. That's why I actually had so much footage. For me, for Instagram, I only tried to do the one minute reel because uh, copyright for songs and stuff. You can only do the videos to the reels. Man, I had so much footage, just so much footage, and with such few fights. Um, and I actually noticed, which was quite interesting, in one of your fights you're wearing UFC shorts. Mm-hmm. Uh, what was the reason behind that? Was that like you envisioning? or? Yeah, it was part of envision, but it's more like uh, my coach, he was like, everybody's, you know, at that point, we were all like, hey, we want to make it to UFC. And then, you know, Vince, you know, he fights in UFC and they came back with a bunch of like shorts and stuff for everybody. And was like, here, this is what it feels like to wear UFC shorts. This is what it, you know, this is how it looks on you, blah, blah, blah. Try to put the visualization together, try to put yourself in that moment. So like wearing those shorts was like very near and dear to me. I don't have them anymore, which is very unfortunate, but those are like by far my favorite shorts. No, because I thought it was pretty cool when I was watching that. Because I'd seen mm-hmm. when I looked your type of, uh, yeah, you're actually your shirt dog, your typology is actually the picture in the shorts. And I was like, he's not in the UFC, is he? Um, no. But uh, then, then I went and obviously when I researched more, I seen you wore into a fight. So um, obviously, you don't have any fights planned. Is is there, are you trying to work on getting fights? Like you said, it's, it's obviously hard for you to get a fight. Uh, yeah. are, are you actively trying at the minute? I am. You know, my coaches are trying. I've had people approach me about fights and stuff. So I'm waiting to really see what sticks out, really what, you know, happens. There's a lot of people that say they want to fight me, but when it comes time to actually doing the work, they won't do it. So we're more or less just waiting, training, trying to stay sharp, working on things that we need to work on and just waiting on that moment. Because you never know. In this sport, you can get short notice fight like that. It's, It's super fast. So you always have to stay ready. So always training, always doing my thing that I'm supposed to do. And hopefully things happen. Hopefully I get a fight before this year is over. But if not, I'm just going to hit the first of the year and just go just hit the ground running. 
I'd love to see you fight before the end of the year because from now I, I am going to follow you. I'm going to follow your career. I'm going to keep in contact with you uh, as much as you want to keep in contact because I just think your story is amazing. Um, mm. With your once after the crash happened and you were saying uh, like you didn't really want to move and what 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 it was your family that really pushed you into it? Was it like that pushed you to do something? Because I can only imagine what I I can't even imagine what you were going through. So like the support of your family is really what helped you through that time, was it? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, my family is the one that got me pretty much out of bed because I didn't want to leave. Like, I was in my room. I had no lights. Like, I, I blacked out everything. Everything was dark. Curtains were closed the entire time. I didn't come out of my room unless it was time to eat. I didn't come out unless it was dark. You know, it was a dark, dark time. And then that's what it was. I just, just pretty much gave up on everything. Because at that time, I was 17, you know. You know, it just had your whole life ripped up underneath you. And, the doctor's like, you'll never see it again. And you're just like, well, shit. Like, I just, you know, it just cracked. I thought I had built up a good life to where I was going to be playing football. And I always wanted to make it at least to college and then play maybe in the NFL or something, something. And that just, God didn't, God didn't see it that way. That's the more enlightened part that I'm seeing now is that God did not want me to play football. He, wanted me to inspire others it always seems like to me so i guess this is the path that i am on right now i have to do what i gotta do to give it to people and yeah are inspiring others i will tell you because the story that i've told people i shared uh you were talking to one of my other friends emmanuel i think on the prospect podcast um mm-hmm. like you have inspired a lot of people who were messaging me after like oh who's that guy how'd you find him uh, i just want to ask you you're saying in regards you want to play football obviously you can pass the medical and get through the commission for UFC, but is it, what's the problem with football? Is it because it's too dangerous as many, so many concussions? Is it because your peripheral vision people coming? Yeah, it's all of that. And it, it's just, it wasn't worth it. It was not worth it. I, I could play, you know, but at the same time, like you see all these reports about NFL players and, and, collegiate players getting concussions and having CTE. I'm like, I don't want to, go through all that. I want to be able to function. I want to be able to hang out, you know, my grandkids and my kids whenever I'm older. So not that fighting is any better, but getting hit in the head over and over again, you know, that tends to pile up. At least fighting, you can know when to stop. Football is one good hit that could be it for you. So. Yeah, because I wouldn't be too familiar with American football, but some of them would be weighing over 300 pounds, wouldn't they? They'd, they'd be big dudes. Big dudes yeah. getting into like I've read about the CTE, about the concussions, about everything that happens. Um, and then obviously, um, if you hit, have one of them hit you, like that could be lights out. And then like, what do they say? There's an average career of what, three to four years for a good, like for an NFL player, is it? Is that what the average is? Something like that? Something like that. It not- it's not long. It's not long at all. Especially, it would, I guess it depends on the position that you play. So that's what you don't see, like certain players don't make it. They peak for like good two, three years, two, three years, and then their fourth year they tend to slow down, and then they have to like revamp themselves. So you know it's one of those things. Depends on the position. Okay, um, and who would be? Uh, do you still watch football? Do you still enjoy watching football? Ah, not so much this year. Like I just, I, I'm tired of it. It, it sometimes it's good to watch, but other times it's like it's very like. I don't know. It's boring now. It's just very boring. Why is that? 
I just, you know, I used to watch football a lot and I used to get into it, but now it's like, it's almost kind of like basketball. It's like who can join the super teams and, you know, who's going to get the ring and blah, blah, blah. It's not about like being competitive anymore. It's about buying the right people. And, you know, it's about, again, it's about who you know. And with Tom Brady being around and Tom Brady just, you know, decides to go to Tampa. Now everybody wants to go to Tampa and it's just like, yeah. And then, you know, other teams, players are getting suspended because they're celebrating or because, you know, they said something out the way and referees don't know what they're doing half the time. It's just like a whole mess show. So I'm like, I'll just pass out of this. I'm done. No. Excuse me. Um, Kind of relating to what um, you and David are just discussing there um, about the fighting. One question I wanted to ask you is um, you, you're basically on a winning streak now in, uh, with regards to your mixed martial arts uh, record. Which of the big names in, in mixed martial arts in terms of promoters in the UFC, um, PFL, One Championship, Bellator, um, which one of those would you like to be signed to? I mean, I assume the obvious one you'd say would be that UFC would be your first choice. But I mean, if they were to turn around and say, no, I mean, which other name would you be still be keen on joining or signing up with? Oh, funny you say that, because I would not go to UFC. I would not really? go. I would You're not joking? go. No, wow. I just talked to one of my teammates about that this morning. And I was like, I, I wouldn't go. And I have been making tweets about that. Like, I wouldn't go. Extraordinary. It'd be nice to- it'd be nice to get that exposure and it'd be nice to get that. But at the same time, it's like, you never know whenever they want you or they want to release you, you never know. So, and like he, they have like seven to 800 people on their roster and that's a lot of people. And if you are not one yeah. of those standout peoples and like, Hey, I'm selling tickets. Hey, I'm putting people in seats. They're not going to pay attention to you. Mm. And then they only need oh. people because they need to buff up that roster just in case somebody falls through. So, I would, I mean, I would, if they say, hey, we're going to sign you, I would go. But it ain't going to be my first choice. Uh, my first choice would be Bellator. Mm. Well, okay. I, huh? No, okay. I was going to say, um, I probably, I know the reason why, but let me ask you, why would you prefer Bellator over the UFC if, if you were given the choice? Uh, because I experienced like firsthand how well they treat their people. Uh, one of my teammates, he was about to make his Bellator debut. We went out there to Connecticut, and they they took super good care of us, like really good care of us. You know, I don't know anything about the UFC, but just far as like Bellator, and I've heard people who are in the UFC, they tell me about it, and I'm like, eh. But Bellator is cool, and also I like the competitive, the uh, the competition side. I'm like, everybody from top to bottom in the 35 division is competitive. They want to fight. It's not those guys fighting just to keep their spot in there on the roster. It's more like I'm the best. I'm going to show you I'm the best and I'm going to beat the best. That's what I like. That's what I want for out of my career. Cause at the end of the day, I want to be able to tell, you know, everybody like I beat the best or I fought the best. And I want to be able to leave that legacy behind. So that's what for me is what Bellator represents for me. I've said to David that uh, and to a few other people that. If you're, gonna, if you're gonna go to the UFC or gonna go to Bellator, you go to the UFC just to to um get your name out there as a brand. Um, at the same time, you're gonna sacrifice your salary because they know Dana White is notorious for not paying his um fighters properly. 
and then Bellator, fine, you're not going to get the name power as such, but you're going to get paid what you deserve, basically. You will yeah. be paid properly. Yeah. I don't need the notoriety at all. Mm-hmm. I mean, well, I can connect with my fans all day long. I can connect with people through social media and do meetups and whatever I got to do. I don't have to do all that. Like, I feel like that's enough. I'm, I train myself to fight. You know, I'm training to fight. My coaches train me to fight. My teammates have helped me fight. I'm helping them fight. So we want to see who's the best. And that's it. I mean, just saw last night from the Bellator fights, those guys, nobody slacked off on the fights. No one took it easy. And there was no easy rounds at all. And, you know, that's, I like that. I like that. It's no theatrics. You don't need to build up your brand. It's just more like, hey, I'm going to fight you. And that's no UFC stuff. So it's just, it's frustrating to me. Right. Yeah. yeah. So um, at the bantamweight, you're in a good division because at the minute, over the years, it always be everyone looked at the heavyweights as fighting slobber knockers. Now it's it's a lot more technical now. I find, and especially like when I started watching about five years ago to now, even now you can see the differences and the weight classes as you come down have become more exciting. So you're in the right weight class. So in Bellator, is there anyone that you'd like that you would think would be a good matchup for you? It's quite a few people, actually. The more and more I think about it, it was like, I would love to mix it up with those guys. So there's, uh, what's his name? Kevin Lee. Kevin Lee's brother, Keith Lee. I think that's his name. I'd like to fight him. The dude he just fought, uh, Ornell Lugo. I'd like to fight him. Cass Bell. Um there's a lot of those guys. There's a lot of new guys in there, too, that got signed. Uh, I end up cross-training one time with Hafeon Stotts, so eventually that would be a fun fight. But, you know, right now I know he, it'd be a very tough fight for him, for me, too. So he was he's big. He's big. Like, I'm a big 35er, but he makes me look small. So, But there's a lot of 35ers out there that I would like to fight in Bellator. UFC, eh, maybe two, maybe two or three, but – not really jumping at the bit. But when you look at the overall bantamweight and Bellator is awesome. I would like to fight uh uh Jalen, what's his name? Jalen um he just fought last night. I forgot his name. Oh well. He has a bro- J- uh, Jalen Bates, that's his name. He has a brother. I'd like to fight him cuz he fought one of the guys that I had cross trained with at Fight Ready. He fought uh uh Javier Montini and me and him cross trained before. So I would like to fight. I would love to fight um, Jalen, but I got to get there first. I'm sure you will. If you, if you keep going on this winning, I don't like, it's like I said, it's sad to see if when people can fight, but like they don't have the marketability. For me, Kobe Covington is an example of that. Kobe Covington could fight and the UFC told him they were going to cut him or something like that. And then he put he's put on this character now. It's It's bad that, when you're, it, it's not like skill for skill anymore the way it used to be. Um, I also want to ask you: Is your your weight? You were saying um, like you're a big tight fiver. Do you have much to cut? What would you walk around at? Right now, I'm walking around at fifty five, fifty six. So it's just I pack on a lot of muscle. I just know that once I get to one sixty, like I start tapering down because I never want to. We never want to be over our weight. So our coach is making us, you know, he tells us you have to be within 25 pounds of your walking or within your fight weight. 
So, like, I found a happy medium to where, like, I can maintain 55, 56, and I drop weight pretty fast. So, that's perfect for me. So, do you find the weight cuts, you don't find them that tough at all then? No, because you see a lot of people miss it, like, missing weight, like Aspen Ladd a couple of weeks ago, and she looked, she looked terrible on the scales. And, and sometimes you think, like, how did she get to that place that she was that bad? Should that not have been a commission thing or a UFC thing coming in? Within a week, you're not supposed to be within a certain weight. Yeah, it should like- be. It should be that way, but they're not going to get that way. And the VOC don't care. You know, it's more money for their pockets if they miss the fighter misses weight, or it's more uh, not money for their pockets, more money for the opponent's pocket. So it's unprofessional as hell to miss weight. You know, and she, granted, she did have some problems where you know it made it harder for her to cut weight. <laughs> But at the same time, you know, we just saw it at the Contender Series. Uh, Jake Jake Hadley, he missed weight. Regardless, it's like, oh, I only miss weight by a pound. It's like, you still miss weight. Like, that's still unprofessional. And that's the point where you're on the Contender Series to get your spot. So I feel like you are a professional. You should be able to know your body. You should know what to do. Know when to cut and how to cut. So then there's no excuse for anybody because I used to cut to 25. A long time ago and that was just terrible but i never missed it i never missed 25 so everybody has a reason you know i seen with jake hadley he missed it and then he got signed and apparently dana signed him against all his matchmakers wishes because apparently they didn't want him because he didn't make weight and he was making a bit of noise or he wasn't too nice to the staff or something in the back so we see i don't know if it's is it because he's british maybe because they want to bring that element over because Darren Till is after losing a few. Maybe his star power is fading. I don't know. It's, a, it's the UFC are a strange, strange machine. They don't seem to do things the way they should be done. Whereas you said with Bellator, they do. And what I love about Bellator, I'm not sure if it's the same in America. When they come to Ireland, they stack the card with Irish uh-huh. local fighters. Is it the same when they go to places in America in in different states? Yeah, they just had a card yesterday in Phoenix. I think it was Phoenix or it was a Tucson. It was one of them. It was in Arizona, and they brought, like, every Arizona fighter at that time. Like, if it's training in Arizona, like, I know a bunch of guys from Fight Ready was on that card. So, you know, that's what they do. That's how you got to get your ticket. So, you like, you're in your hometown. Like, hey, we have people here. Let's just put your people on the card. You know, Bellator is notorious for bringing in new fighters and building them up. So, so you grow with you grow up within Bellator. So, uh, I thought that was pretty cool. So, Hopefully they bring one to Tennessee. What I, the point you just made up, Bellator, um, and I say that I am still a novice at being a fight fan and everything, but it's something I've noticed. Bellator do have some good fight, some good fighters, and they do have in the past what I've seen, they have hosted some really, really cool, really good, entertaining fights and events. And what I hate, what I can't stand, is that they'll host an event. It's really good. But they don't seem to get, and this goes to the first, especially because, you know, really they're the ones really involved in the event. They don't get the recognition afterwards. But the UFC can host a horrible card. And it will be, when you tune in to watch, it'll be like, good God, the main event was lousy. The co-main event was even worse. Well, the main event probably was even worse. And you find a few fights down on the card, the preliminary card, those fights were probably even better, but probably still not as good. But for some reason, the UFC and Dana White will still get so many people going after his event. You know, so many people tune in. 
and they'll feel like they wasted their money paying for the pay-per-view. Mm-hmm. That's because they try to promote the same old people. And when you get the same old people on the card, nobody wants to watch that. So why would why would you spend that much money for somebody that you don't really know and you're not pushing because they're not one of your champions or they're not one of your money makers? You won't put people in seats. You got to promote everybody. So I don't get it. Yeah, it's uh it is annoying. <laughs> Very annoying. Mm-hmm. Uh <laughs> David, I'm sort of thinking about, uh, what what else I'd like to ask him. David. Yeah, I uh, I kind of lost you there for a second. Ah, uh, now still kind of thinking of other questions I'd like to ask him until that the conversation heads in that direction, then I'll kind of bring more questions forward. Okay, Grant. Uh, yeah, as opposed to what you're saying, I think the UFC is more more a brand. Would you agree, Dre? That it's more a brand as opposed to when people think of MMA, they think of UFC, and that's obviously because they were the first. I think it's more of a branding thing that brings people to them. It is. There's that prestige behind it. And so UFC, you automatically think MMA. You don't think of the, the other shows. So it's ultimately a brand. That's all it really is. It's either you do UFC, only like if you first meet someone and you like whenever I was coming up as a fighter and people were like, what do you do? It's like, oh, I do uh, MMA. I was like, oh, you do UFC? I was like, that's not a thing. Like, okay. But it's it's what it is. It's synonymous with MMA because it was the first one of its kind. And it's, it's just, it's stood around. So, but there's now more promotions popping up, you know, and Sooner or later, UFC's going to get their stuff together because, you know, with Bellator creeping up on them and once creeping up on Bellator, UFC's going to be like that old granddad that people, you know, they know he's there, but at the same time, it's like, I'm going to go over and hang out with such and such. So, they've got to watch that stuff. they got to watch it. But is there not still a massive gap between Bellator and the UFC? I mean, Bellator, are, are, let, let's say, outside of the US, is still like fairly you known, but not as well as the UFC. I mean, you just gave an example that some people say they're doing UFC. That just goes as testament to show that the brand is so well known that people will mistake the promoter's name for the name of the actual sport itself. Uh It's so crazy. So, I mean, will Bellator really, can they kind of do the same thing the UFC is doing and still like get away with it? Can they still match the UFC? Will they one day be the number one, number one sports makes martial arts promoter in the world, will they take that spot from the UFC? Can you see that happening anytime in the future? I can see it happening as long as they go the route that UFC is on right now, but they do it better. As opposed to they keep the same pay grade, they keep everything, you know, keep everybody, you know, happy. You know, if you pay somebody really well, they're going to they're gonna stay there. They're going to be happy. But also at the same time, you got to find your star. That's the only thing that Bellator is missing. That's the only thing that they're missing. It's just that one person or that set people are like, I am the stars and blah, blah, blah. To be like, oh, these guys are hands down better than, you know, this part. They're better than people at UFC because I guarantee if you brought over some people from Bellator to UFC, they'd beat the people in UFC. And if you bring some people in UFC and bring them to Bellator, they're not going to do so well. They may win but they're not going to do so well because they're not used to fighting like that. There's some guys who are scrappy, but there's some guys who fight just to keep that paycheck rolling. Bellator does both. 
they fight because they love it and they also fight because they want that money. So it's the only thing Bill Clinton is missing is just that marketing and they have that one star power to be like, we we can beat you guys. And they it's coming. It slowly is coming. Yeah, we're, um, we're actually saying you need that one star. What I was thinking recently is, I think it was, well, we're going to see how it pans out, but I thought a turning point might be AJ McKee um, because mm-hmm. he's like that homegrown star. He's gone through there. What's he, 25 and 0? Something, something like, like that. that. Um, then he bet the champion who people who was beating Michael Chandler. So and then mm-hmm. I thought like, okay, so this is kind of not historic, but this is, this is a move in the right direction because for a while it took it was like they were taking Stel Sonnen and you know the, the older fighters and kind of doing these older fights. And I think this might be it might be a turn point, like you said, if they keep paying them and keep going, hopefully it go that way. But we just have to see how marketable AJ McKee is. Because for me, he's he's probably he's definitely top three in the UFC, even though the UFC featherweight does, they do have some good featherweights, but to the ch- yeah. He could be champion the UFC, so it's just I think they need to get behind them. The UFC have a good market machine, and Bellator needs they need to take people from their marketing and not from their fighters is what they need to do. That's what yeah. I think. Yeah, I feel, that's what, exactly. That's what I feel like. I feel like they were trying to use the old UFC people, the familiarity with Chael Sonnen and you know Leoto Machida and those guys, which is great. But at the same time, like there's no wow factor with them anymore. Like Romero was another one. They was like, you know, gassing him up to be like the next, you know, big thing. But Phil Davis has been over there. Phil Davis is a star, and he's an ex UFC fighter. You know, Corey Anderson was the one who did the same thing. So I mean, you're right. AJ McKee's another one. If Nemkov beats uh, Corey Anderson, he's another one. So like, they have people in the right movement. It's just again, like you said can they mimic the marketing from UFC and enhance it to where they overpower the UFC? Because that's really all it is. If people find more, find that Bellator is more appeasing to them, they'll win, they'll win that war. They'll win it. That's just in my opinion. Yeah, I think so too, because I know in Ireland, within the fighting circles, they, the guys actually here prefer Bellator because mm-hmm. of the local fighters and stuff like that. So they prefer to the UFC, but then when it comes to commercial and the, I don't like saying the word casuals because for me, everyone was a casual at one stage and whether you became hardcore or not, I know people who drift in and out, but if it wasn't for people that would be, would be called casuals, there wouldn't be much because it's the casuals who buy up all the millions of pay-per-views, where, especially when it comes to Conor McGregor. And no one's ever going to mimic Conor McGregor again for a long time, I don't think. Yeah. Man, I don't know. James Gallagher, he might be close if he can... If he can pull it off, he can do it. He could definitely do it, especially since he trains with them. He could do it. It's just, yeah. again, they have to put that grind into it. Yeah, they he uh, they actually trained. I actually met James Gallagher. He is as cocky in person as he uh, as he sees. But no, he was nice. But he was he's very self confident. Um, so, but every, like other than when was your last fight? I actually can't remember. So, like, did COVID hold you up much, like, with shows? No. Um, my last show was for XMMA. It was July 31st. So, it was – it was. It, I got beat. You know, I got caught early. You know, God put me away pretty good. So, 
you know, you got to win some, you got to lose some. So that was my last fight. So hopefully something happened before the end of the year. If not, I feel sorry for the people from come 2022. So. Oh, yeah. No, uh, hopefully we'll see a fight. Like, do, with every loss, do you pick up something? Do you learn something? And Because I think, like, when people go through the sport like Khabib and they haven't lost, but obviously he was a different machine. I think people, I know losing is devastating, but I think sometimes you need to get losses to to get better. No one, no one, like they, someone said to me before, every black belt was once a white belt. If you, if like, you need to keep trying. Do you take much away from your losses? I do. You know, uh, our team, we don't, we don't, we don't rest on our laurels. You know, we, we find out what we did wrong. We're thankful for the opportunity and we just keep pushing on. We build off that momentum for loss. So, you know, at the team that I'm at, you can never tell that anybody lost a fight because how everybody carries themselves. It's like, dude, you just got beat, you know, like a month ago. How, why are you so happy? It's like, I live and I get to train again. Like, things happen. We, you know, we lose. We get to find things we're good at. When you, when you start winning a lot, and this happened to a dude over here named Cole Farrell. He won, he won 10 fights, but he was fighting people that were not good at all. And he had built up this like persona, like I am unbeatable. And, you know, I was the greatest thing smoking. And then he wound up and got knocked out in 40 seconds. So or something like that. I got that. UV. Yeah. So yeah, he got knocked out and he was like, I'm ready to get back. It's like, what do I do wrong? And he's like, I don't know what I'll do no more. He went through that whole spiel. Like, I don't know. I thought, yeah, you know, the people that normally who never lost get the whole spiel. Like, I think I'm done and yada, yada, yada. It's like, dude, you just lost the fight. Get over it. Like, keep moving. No one stays undefeated. Except for your Khabib. But you never know how many times he's lost in the gym. That's different, you know. And he's also, he lost a lot in Samba. But people really don't remember that. People don't know that at all. Before he started doing MMA, he was doing Sambo and he was getting thrashed over there. So he had to lose. And no one just walks through life and just wins at everything. It's not, it's not impossible. Yeah, no, it's, it's, it is a funny one. You need to, people need to get that loss. Like I said, because it's actually funny because I've actually been talking to Cole actually recently um, because I was looking into his story as well. Um, but, um, how is life with you in general? Like after everything, you seem so upbeat and so positive all the time. Like it's actually refreshing to see. Do you get many people that have to message you and say that you've inspired them? And yeah, I do. It's, I just don't know what to do with it. Like I just say thank you and you know, tell them I appreciate it because I really don't know how to respond to that. Because I never again, I never thought that I would be inspiring anybody. I just thought I was just doing my job, you know, fighting, <laughs> making sure like my team is going good. So I never thought that I was inspiring anybody, which is it's awesome to know that I'm doing that. It gives me a more of a confidence and makes me walk through life easier rather than like, you know, just going through the motions, so to speak. Like for a while there, all I want to do is just please my team and, you know, my wife and kids. But it seems like there's a whole other world that I don't know about that's like knows about me and is inspired by me. So that's a really grateful thing. No, it is. It is. It's fantastic. Ike, have you any more questions? Because I'm talking a lot. No, I don't um, know if you want to no, interject. I, you know, a bit, still a bit nervous for our first guest. Um, but Dre, you know, 
I myself am surprised I would never heard of you, even though you're not signed uh, to the UFC or to any of the big names within uh, mixed martial arts, because you're a very unique individual for the fact that you're fighting with uh, Singlan again. You know, although there are many other, well, let me see, not many, but a few others similar to yourself, uh, like Michael Beesing. But Michael Beesing, by the time he uh, was in the same or similar situation, he was an already established, well-known figure in the sports of mixed martial arts. Um, but mm-hmm. in your own case, is a lot more unique because you had to start from the ground and work your way up with a, with that disability already. Um, so I'm surprised that um, even if it's not the UFC, um, one of the other major organisations um, with your winning streak, with your really good um, record, I'm surprised that they haven't picked you up and um, included you in their roster or any of their weight divisions anyway. Yeah, I, that's the thing that baffles me every single day, man. I still don't know. I've done the tweeting. I've done networking. I've, I've done it all. I've done everything besides just, like, walk up to them and be like, what are you thinking about? Like, what, what what's wrong? So, I don't – there's not much I can do. I don't know what else to do besides so just win fights. And, but I did that, and they still ain't said anything. So, I don't know. I really don't know what to do. Well – the fact that you're not discouraged by that, you know, um, for me, that that's enough. That I'm, I'm very glad that you kept on going. Yeah, I don't oh, think yeah, my yeah. team would let me quit. So, um, now I'm gonna go into something a bit more controversial. And um, David, he said that there's certain names that if you mentioned it in this, so like a public conversation such as this one. <laughs> it would not be good for an individual like yourself in a country like Ireland. Uh, but it's not going to go in that direction. But Dre, I want to, wanted to ask you or get your opinion on the situation with John Jones and the UFC and then Louis Pena and the UFC, um, how they've cut Louis Pena just after two incidents, whereas John Jones, it's the upteenth time. And what makes it even worse is that the last incident that he was involved in is the same night, the same day that he was inducted into the UFC Hall of Fame. <laughs> a few hours later, he's in trouble again. Um, I was saying to David the other day, it's crazy that one person is kicked out. They've even, even admitted to their bosses they have this problem. The other person hasn't, but you can see they've got issues through all the things they've been involved in. Yet they still, for some reason, um, you know, the UFC tend to, from what we can see, how it's portrayed to, to outsiders like myself, it's as if Dana White, Dana White and his cronies are always looking the other way. It's power. It's, and it's being who John Jones is. John Jones has made his whole career of being that one child that, you know, you, that is giving everything and not punished for it. Like, you know, he did wrong. That's what he is. He's that one child that he can never do any wrong. He could murder somebody right in front of him. And they'd be like, oh, well, this guy just, you know, he did something. He did something else. He murdered himself. It's one of those things. Now, what I think, and again, this seems kind of weird because Greg Jackson kicked him out of the gym. You know, um, um, Winkle John and all those guys kicked him out of the gym. But it's kind of weird that they say temporarily, like he's going to fix it. He's not going to fix it because you guys enabled that behavior for so long and that he knows all he has to do is shape up for about six to eight months, maybe pay a fine, and then he's back into it. And then next thing you know, he's doing the same thing again. 
UFC is not going to let him go because, again, he's a champion. He is one of their peoples. He also helped build their company up. So they're always going to keep him around. They'll always keep him around because people want to see him fight. He is regarded as the greatest of all time. But, you know, he's a terrible human being. Terrible. I think they should cut him. And then if he wants to fight, then no promotion should pick him up until he fixes himself. Like, if you really want to prove that you're great, you have to go through the trials and tribulations. And I don't think he has been told to do that. I think it's just been told that it's okay. We'll get you out of this mess. You just need to shape up for three months. Now, it's very unfortunate. Luis Pena got out, got, you know, cut. But at the same time, he's also been vocal about dealing with, like, his inner demons and how he needed help. And that's why he's not fighting right now. So, you know, kudos to him. You know, I've seen him fight live. You know, he used to fight for Valor fights, too. So I've seen him fight live. So it's very unfortunate. Both of those things happen to the, you know, the victims. But at the same time, if you're going to cut one, you have to you have to do the other. It can't be like one way. It can't be a double standard. But yeah, are... why? Oh, sorry. Um, You're right. And again, uh, he's... John Jones has done what? There's the steroids controversy, the um, the accident he had in, back in 2015. Uh, he had a collision. The, the other driver was a pregnant woman. She broke her arm. He left the scene. He came back to the scene to pick up some paraphernalia from his car and left again. Um, he's done so many things, and the UFC has always made excuses. I've, and I was saying in my last podcast with David that maybe, you know, he's done everything wrong. The only thing left now that will probably make... Dana White in the UFC wake up maybe is that if he is involved in attempted murder or or something like that something that's serious yeah Yeah. you know so um, uh, Karma is watching everything so um, I'm sure one day he'll get what he deserves I mean not to say that I hate him or anything but it does seem unfair when you see someone knowingly do wrong and they seem to be guessing away with it time and time and time and time again Mm-hmm. So I, was, I, <laughs> I just make that point, yeah. Sorry, I just for me, I just think the dude needs help, man. And I think Luis Pena, I think especially in this day and age with mental health um, and the way people talk about, if I'm in work and I tell them I have problems, my employer then has a duty of care to me. Like the UFC has untold money; they could have helped Luis Pena, and they didn't. Like for me, that's a slap in the face of, especially people saying it's for men to come out and say it's okay. Um, to talk like they should have they should have helped them I think John Jones he said like I'm not going to really judge them they've done some bad things like I I'm no one to judge it I've, ne- I've never done anything to the extent but I, I haven't always done good things in my life so like I just think the two dudes need help and, and I think they cut the one that's going to have the less money to help himself which could lead to, to bigger problems yeah so you think about it you made your whole life your whole life was about making to UFC. Everything, all the money and all the sacrifice you had to make. And then you finally get there and you finally make a name for yourself and the company loves you because you're just another number to them. You're just another, you know, meat sack to them. And then they just like, you're like, hey, I need help. I'm not mentally stable. You know, I'm, I've already had one incident. I need help. Okay, well, we'll see what we can do. Or we'll just brush under, oh, maybe he's just going through the fight camp blues. Does it again. I need help. 
dude, help out your people. This is what I was talking about with the whole Bellator. Like, they take care of their people. I guarantee you someone from Bellator was like, hey, I have mental problems. I need help. Blah, blah, blah. Could you help me? Yeah, they'll help you. And they'll do all that. Like, you never heard anything, them bashing Anthony Johnson, you know, whenever he got sick really bad. The Bellator was, like, posting about him, keeping daily updates about it. You never saw that with UFC. Hardly ever saw that with the UFC people. It's just that's just baffling to me. Like you really think I'm just another just another cow to slaughter. It's pretty much all I am there. And Bellator, you're like, you're a fighter, you are this person. You're you're important because we see the trials and tribulations you have to go through, as opposed to UFC is like, oh, you're just another fighter. We can get another one just like you. Yeah, no, that that's a really good point because at the end of the day, we're all I'm me, you, everyone, we're all just human beings. Whether you're a fighter and fighters have this shield of like invincibility, but you don't, you're all human at the end of the day. All you have are your ups and downs. And I think Lewis Penny and more so, I don't really want to get into John Jones, but Lewis Penny, I think, was let down by, by, by his boss. Because if I went to my boss and said, look, I'm having mental problems, they'd get me help and they'd probably pay for it. Like, and yeah. I'm not in a, like, like a big, huge job or anything. Like, it's just, it's, it's coming more of a common thing here. And with the money they have behind them and, like I said, he he trained for that long and he got there. And it could be the pressure to fight, and it could be other things as well. That's all just come together. I think he's been really let down. And but look, that's 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 um that's their own thing at the minute. But like you said, Bellator seemed to take care of everyone. For me, I'd like that Bellator's over here. I can't wait. Actually, Gallagher, as you said, is going to be fighting. Um, I'm surprised Brian Moore isn't on the card. Um, uh-huh. Do you watch? Do you watch that? Do you know Brian Moore? He's actually fighting next Friday. I did. I think I lobbied to fight him. Yeah? Like, I think he had an opponent drop out, and I was, like, threw my name out there. It's like, I would like to do it, you know, just jokingly, but still, I did it. So, it's another way to put my name out there. Like, hey, well, we know you exist. That's all I really want. I just want Scott Coker to be like, hey, Dre, we see you. We see your team over there. Let's We'll grab more of you guys in there. That's all I want. It's really all I want. I think you will get that one day. Um, but do you, I think, do you think they, do, they, they see you, but they just don't acknowledge that they see you until they're ready to take you? Do you think that's a, a factor? Do you think that yeah. they could be? That's probably the worst thing, knowing that they could be watching or, or thinking, are they watching? Are they not watching? Uh-huh. Yeah, that's the worst thing. Or they're just trying to figure out who to put me with. So, I mean, I don't know. It, it could be a lot of things. It could be a lot of things. It could just just be the whole like licensing, you know, ordeal with the whole eye thing. 